Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast of Shemaine's Model Health for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals. I am Shemaine Linney. I'm your host. I'm a biohacker and fitness and nutrition expert. I want to thank you for joining me again for another episode, and I hope you're all finding your routines now that we're all back in school. So this week's podcast was a request from a very dear client of mine who uh, was asking me the difference between prebiotics and probiotics and why I talk about modbiotics so much. Then when I happened to mention postbiotics, of course, she said, could you just explain all this in a podcast? And here we are today. So we're looking at the biotics family. When it comes to anything with biotics, it can be quite daunting to know which one to take. It's kind of a little bit like keeping up with the Kardashians in a sense. One kills careers, one tries to add good to the family but that just doesn't work. The other one kind of just feeds crap to the music industry. Um, And there's one that likes to modify things to win awards. So this is how we kind of look at biotics. Biotics are best described as an organism which is living or once was living, okay? Gut health has obviously blown up lately and it's become a very interesting topic in terms of research. There is so, so much coming about out about digestion and the gut now. Um, and in terms of research, the more it is studied, the more we are finding out about how much it has an impact on our health presently and in the long term as well. The ratio between human DNA to bacteria DNA is 100 to 1. This means that you are made up of 10 times more bacteria DNA than your own human DNA. So most of the bacterial cells are located within the stomach, which is why gut health is so fascinating because lifestyle factors can have huge impacts on bacterial colonies and can determine things like allergies, diseases, and if a person is overweight or lean. Like, and I've spoke about this in the past, the different types of bacteria that can determine if you're going to be overweight or you're going to be on the leaner side of things. So the more that we, the population or the scientific population, um, have been informing the public on how important good health is, um, the more we can try and enlighten people and help them make an impact and take control of their own health. And this is where these podcasts come in because it's all about helping people. It's just about changing the world for the better because sometimes, unfortunately, you don't always get the answers you're looking for when you're going down the road of conventional medicine. So moving on, first we're going to look at antibiotics. So the most common and well-known biotic is antibiotics, which are compounds which are produced by bacteria and fungi, which can kill or compete with other microorganisms. So that you kind of have an antibiotic and you start a little war in your body. And these antibiotics are going to be the stronger ones. Let's say they have more weapons and they win um, and they pretty much kill off everything in sight. The very first antibiotic discovered was back in 1928 by Alexander Fleming. 
When he first noticed that his staphylococcus within his petri dish, they were dotted with mold. And this led Alexander to experiment further. And he then characterized the first antibiotic and named it, of course, penicillin. This discovery, of course, revolutionized the medical world and since developed um, and led to an abundance of different antibiotics created to treat infections and diseases, some for good, some maybe not so for good, that's another topic. But bacterial cells tend to build cell walls which is how penicillin works, by blocking this process through dissolving the cell membranes. However, when antibiotics are being digested and going through the bloodstream, killing bad bacteria, they're not very biased. They also kill off the beneficial good bacteria too, which is essential for your health. And unfortunately, in this day and age, there's so many antibiotics being consumed worldwide that microorganisms are now becoming superbugs. And we pretty much all have heard of superbugs. They have These superbugs have built up a resistance to antibiotic use. This, of course, can create problems with the future um, and how we look at antibiotics and resistance. Will they even work in the future? Um, so there's your antibiotics. Let's look at probiotics next. Probiotics, once you've consumed a course of antibiotics, you usually are advised to consume probiotics after you've just killed off certain microorganisms. You need to rebuild up your gut flora. But let's be honest, if you've taken antibiotics, you've pretty much killed off everything in sight. Um, but what people don't realize is that problems caused after an antibiotic aren't necessarily coming from the bacteria because after an antibiotic, you don't have bacteria. So these problems are usually coming from an overgrowth of yeast like candida, which cause the problems like thrush. So um, side note, after I had my second child, I had a C-section and I was given antibiotics to prevent bacteria infections in the scar. But then of course, I got a yeast infection from the antibiotics because they killed everything in sight, which allowed then that fungi or the yeast to take over because there was nothing standing in its way. There was no competition for the area. So the earliest stages of probiotics were discovered by a Russian scientist named Ali Mechnov in 1907. His research looked into the longevity of villagers in the Caucasus Mountains living, um, who these people were living into their hundreds. And he discovered that their lifestyle choices determined their health. And we, we know this now, but back then this was new. Um, and the food groups which were overserved or seen to be consumed were mostly fermented foods and yogurts on a daily basis. Um, and back then fermentation methods were more 
close to, obviously we're more close to natural and the same as their yogurt making processes, not like nowadays. Um, and it was believed that consuming these foods that would have contained live bacteria would help extend lifespan due to the benefits of adding bacteria to the gut flora or supporting the gut flora. So the concept between behind probiotics is probiotics are live bacteria and yeast even, um, which are marketed, and I'll say that in inverted commas, marketed as beneficial for the gut flora to confer health benefits of the host. Probiotics are very interesting, um, though there are various studies that have researched into the consumption of probiotics and if they actually even have an impact um, on weight loss and weight gain. We are seeing, like I mentioned above, there are certain bacterial species that do contribute to weight gain. Um, so, for instance, lactobacillus species seems to alter the gut flora and not in a positive way, um, in, in the way we would rather not. Lactobacillus seems to be more of a negative bacteria that can contribute to weight gain rather than weight loss. Probiotics also have been added to livestock feed for decades um, and research that looked at probiotic consumption within livestock um, showed that it sped up the increase or the speeds um, the animal grew at. Um, but right, considering how we are going through a pandemic of obesity right now, um, it's not something I generally recommend. I generally don't recommend probiotics to people. I would rather go down the following roads where we look at some of the other biotics. Um, pro don't get me wrong, probiotics can be beneficial if you have had a big bacteria die off from antibiotics, like something major, um, which has killed all the good and the bad then probiotics can be a good idea, but also supporting the gut with a lot of other stuff as well. So because of these studies showing that maybe probiotics do have that association with weight gain, um, I generally don't recommend them. I would rather follow a different protocol. But now we're going to look at prebiotics. Prebiotics have been around since the 1990s. Scientists narrow down that a prebiotic is a food source which is not digestible by the stomach but is beneficial to the microorganisms living within the gastrointestinal tract, so your gut bugs. Prebiotics are marketed to help stimulate the growth and the strength of these good bacteria. Um, and this is somewhat due to prebiotics not being able to be broken down or digested. Um, and that way the good flora, they can then make their way down to the large intestines where certain species uh, can reside and then they all feed on these prebiotics to survive. So prebiotics have three general characteristics. 
um, prebiotics need to withstand the environmental conditions within the stomach. Um, prebiotics need the bacteria within the stomach to be able to ferment it, so it needs to be broken down that way. Um, and prebiotics need to be of benefit to the bacteria. Prebiotics tend to have a beneficial impact on aerobic microbes while having a negative impact on anaerobic microbes. So lactobacillus species from the prebiotics are like seeds which go through the digestive tract unaltered um, to feed the growth of bacteria in the larger intestine. Thermocutes these are another bad bacteria. Um, they reside in the large intestine. The fiber from prebiotics can feed the production of firmicutes leading to an increase in weight gain. So not to get confusing though, that line, the fiber from the prebiotics can feed the production or increase the growth of firmicutes. That would depend on their specific prebiotics. So it's specific dependent. Some prebiotics don't feed firmicutes. So firmicutes are the ones that make us um, overweight. So next, we're going to move on to postbiotics. So we've done prebiotics, the food, probiotics, or the live bacteria. Now postbiotics. Postbiotics, I like this because there's not a lot about it and it's a fairly recent new field of study. Postbiotics are the byproducts of bacteria. And studies show, so like bacteria poop, bacteria waste, studies are showing that they may have the ability to lower blood glucose and enable insulin to work better. They also might help with inflammation and genetic expression. And I love this concept because I teach this to my clients. Although I have to repeat it a lot because it's hard to understand, we do look at this and postbiotics if you know anything about sirtuin foods or sirtuin proteins, you can tie cert foods in perfectly to postbiotics in order to influence certain genetic expressions. So I really love postbiotics and how it looks at an area of nutrition that I really enjoy um, and I really enjoy teaching. So a 2014 report published in the Journal of Gastroenterology states, probiotics are alive non-pathogenic microorganisms present in the gut micro microbiota that confer benefits to the host for his or her health. Some of these beneficial effects are determined by secreted probiotic derived factors that recently have been identified as postbiotic mediators. So basically what that is, um, they're so when we look at probiotics and how they work, we understand that Probiotics are fed by prebiotics, and then from the probiotics waste, we get postbiotics. So these are, um, they're poop, basically. And it's slightly alive, 
just enough. The same as our poop contains some bacteria, postbiotics will be an even smaller form of bacteria. So researchers now believe that for certain people suffering from inflammatory conditions, the use of postbiotics may be smart um, to use uh, due to their ability to decrease inflammation and help maintain colonic and intestinal homeostasis. So postbiotics might be the next wave of supplements that's going to get used for better good health. So it's just something to keep an eye on. So for the most part, postbiotic supplements are not widely available, um, especially compared to the number of probiotics on the market. But um, looking for postbiotic products that include a number of different types of postbiotics, especially like short fatty chain acids, um, one of those being butyrate. If you do come across a postbiotic, that's kind of what you're looking for. So otherwise, when we look at sirtuin foods, we're looking at how can we create our own postbiotics. So how can we feed the probiotics certain foods that will give us postbiotics that will then go and give us a certain genetic expression that we want. Okay, so that was a lot. We're nearly done. We're going to move on to modbiotics. Again, another favorite of mine. I love talking about modbiotics. So modbiotics, they're natural poisons found in nature. Modbiotics are so cool because you can eat foods that are very potent in modbiotics. And what they'll do is they're generally coated in a poison, but inside is the sweetness. Um, so when we use modbiotics, we're usually using them to moderate the bacteria in the body. Um, so modbiotics, they don't indiscriminate. Um, they're not live organisms, like I said, and they don't feed the bad microorganisms necessarily or the bad bacteria. They trick them. Modbiotics are antimicrobial, antifungal, antibacterial, um, and they will trick the bad bacteria. They are compounds which help kind of alter the ratios of good and bad bacteria within the gut. So they moderate. Um, Modbiotics contain the missing link in most people's diet, which are polyphenols. Polyphenols are that poison. Polyphenols are toxic to bad bacteria within the gut and they help kill off or starve the bad bacteria. So what we do with modbiotics is they're coated in poison so let's look at, I like to use a blueberry as a concept. They're coated in poison. So that skin of the blueberry, sometimes you'll see a white mist on it and it's a little bit bitter. That is the poison. Then the inside you have the sweets. We know bad bacteria feed off sugar. That's, that's their thing. That's what helps them grow. That's why they're so bad. That's how they make us fat. So when we have a modbiotic, what we're doing is we entice the bad bacteria out with our bit of sugar. So that's the sugar inside the blueberry. 
But then when they start munching on the blueberry, they get poisoned by these polyphenols that's contained in like the leaves and the skin and the stem and the seeds. So that's why we always want to make sure that if we can eat the skin, eat the skin. Always get your fruit with seeds if you can, because this is the poison that's going to help moderate your weight. So then, uh, lastly, I wanted to just take a quick look at some symbiotics, okay? Symbiotic, um, in definition, means working together. So sim and biotic. In a digestive concept, symbiotics help to repair the gut lining, um, which is obviously one of the most critical things to happen. So symbiotic is where you pair a prebiotic and a probiotic. So the probiotic being the live bacteria, the prebiotic being the food, you put them both together, you ingest them in hopes that the bacteria in your current gut will feed on the prebiotic and release and strengthen the probiotic that's already contained in and therefore giving you more probiotic which are stronger because they're feeding on the prebiotics. So symbiotics, um, they're composed of live microorganisms and they also are paired with your prebiotics or your foods then. Um, so probiotics and prebiotics in a form of synergism. And that's how they work. Not so popular, to be honest, but they still do exist. That's how all, well, that is all the biotics. That's the biotics family. And I hope that's helped you understand the differences between all of them. Most people only know about prebiotic and probiotic. But now we have seen, of course, we have antibiotics. Prebiotic, probiotic, postbiotic, modbiotics, and then the symbiotic process as well. So, um, as usual, if you feel you know anyone that will benefit from this, please share. Sharing is caring. All we're trying to do is change the world, make it a better place for all of us. So, thank you for listening, and I will chat to y'all next week. Bye-bye.